Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? It's going very well, Ellen, except I have been ill this week, so and it has affected my speaking ability, so my throat is roached. That was quite the long explanation of you're sick and... Your voice is bad. I could go on longer. (laughs) Please don't. So today we're going to be talking about Eyes of Silver, Eyes of Gold by Ellen O'Connell, cool name, and some of our pet peeves in the genre. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? (laughs) Um, Okay, I finished all the Heartbreaker Bay books that are available that have been you got published it right. to date. Thank you. Thank you. Um, On the so last I, book that you read, you got it right. <laughs> so I finished all of those. Well, I think there's more coming, so I could yes. still mess it up at some point in time. Yeah. Um, I finished all of those, and then I read the book that we read for today, and mm-hmm. then I read the two novellas that come after it that go with that book. And then... alert, Mom liked it enough that she read the two <laughs> novellas. And I just finished... Another book by her. The um, which one? Dancing on Coals. Oh, did you read? Did you like that one? I did, because that one also had like really good reviews, from what I could see. I did like it. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, and how did you feel about the Heartbreaker Bay series as a whole? I like the Heartbreaker Bay series. I like that it's an area that I'm familiar with. Yeah. I live in Northern California, so San Francisco is um, its kind of fun to read about San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. I like the characters. I like the um, the way they <laughs> – I still think it's a little silly that all these people are, like, living in the same building and all hooking up together. Anyway, I like the um, all the different characters. It cracks me up how they all are hooking up together in this same building it's like where is this building that all this these magical hot people wonderland live? <laughs> this magical place where all these hot people live and are hooking up but um but it's cute they're fun stories i enjoy them okay cool um i have uh i've been again in a crafty mood so i haven't been reading as much um i started the trouble with dukes by grace burrows i've never read a grace burrows before um, and so I need someone to fill me in on whether or not all of her books are like this one, because I could not get into it. And like, I don't know, it's, I feel like romance, there shouldn't be that much leeway in like getting into a romance novel. They shouldn't be that much work. Yeah, it was, um, I don't know. I just like, I could not get into it and like both of the characters were like already bugging me so it was not not a a great start so I just kind of and I very rarely do this but I was just like eh I think I'm just gonna let this one go um but you know maybe if there's another one people like better they can recommend that to you yeah so if you like there's a grace bros that you think is really good let me know um I am now, I just started, because I gave up on that one, uh, First Grave on the Right by Dorinda Jones. It's um, kind of like a paranormal, definitely a paranormal. I mean, she's a Grim Reaper, or the Grim Reaper. And um, from what I can tell so far, there's like 
some guy. I think he's going to end up being like a demon or something. I'm not entirely sure. And people who have read this book are probably just like, oh, you stupid idiot. Yeah, it's a demon or something like that. But, um, you know, that she's got kind of a romance with. And this one seems like it's going to be kind of more... Um, so mom and I are familiar with, uh, this Charlotte and Thomas Pitt novels in, by Anne Perry, which is a mystery series. And so it seems kind of like that mom, where it's like, you follow this one couple throughout this entire series and like their relationship kind of develops throughout rather than, you know, one book with one couple, another book with another couple, you know, so, um, Anyway, so I'll let you know how I yeah, like that you have one. To let me know how you I like was, it. It's I know people like really love this series, so um, and I was kind of in the mood for something a little different, so I went with that. Um, anyway, so today we're going to be talking about Eyes of Silver, Eyes of Gold by Ellen O'Connell. It's sort of the first book in a series, but really it's like the only book, right, with some supplemental novellas that yes, kind of come along with it. Um. The back cover description for this one reads, Eyes of Silver, Eyes of Gold is a story of family conflicts set in Colorado in 1885. Anne Wells has embarrassed her rigidly proper family since she was a child with occasional but grievous lapses from ladylike behavior. They blame those lapses for the disgraceful fact that she is a spinster, spinster at 28, heaven forbid. Cord Bennett, the son of his father's second marriage to a Cheyenne woman, is more than an embarrassment to his well-to-do family of ranchers and lawyers. They are ashamed and afraid of their black sheep. While When Anne and Cord are found alone together, her father's fury leads to violence. Cord's family is more than willing to believe that the fault is his. Can Anne and Cord use the freedom of being condemned for sins they didn't commit to make a life together? Or will their disapproving, interfering families tear them apart? So, Mom, I gave a little spoiler on Twitter this week that um, you at least liked this book enough to become emotionally invested enough to cry a lot because you were sending me like texts about like I did. this book is making me ball. I can't deal. Um, well, and you you said you didn't cry at all, and I was like, well, that's because you're heartless. Which no, that's crazy because I I cry really easily, which I blame on you, um, as I do most things. But um, <laughs> but so, what did you think of this book? Well, I I love this book. And um, I know as we've talked, uh, we kind of had different thoughts and feelings about it. But I really liked it. I liked the story. I liked how it started out. Um, just last time when we were talking about tropes and we talked about where they're kind of forced into a marriage of convenience. Yeah. And then they end up falling in love with each other. Um, and this, this one was starts very- on a freaking, like, this book is pretty much from go is intense like real quick right well in Uh, chapter two i mean they i mean that's where all the violence takes place is in the second chapter and um i really liked how she became super protective of him right off the bat and Mm -hmm. helped him and and um then just decided she liked life out there better than anything she'd ever done before so they decided to stay married and um I liked, uh, I liked all of it. I I loved one of my favorite things was when she decided they decided to go to church because they were trying to show the town that their marriage was real and that they, you know, really 
were trying to make a go of this marriage because yeah. people people thought that he had kidnapped her and was keeping her captive. And so they were trying to show the town that she was, you know, a willing it, participant in this a marriage. willing participant in this marriage. And but the preacher had been so awful. Um, well, he was complicit them. in like both of them getting beat up and both of them kind of getting forced into this marriage. Right. And, and um, so she would sit there in church and just glower at him and make him super nervous because he knew what an awful person he was. And she would just sit there and stare at him and make him feel bad. I thought that was freaking awesome. Yeah. And I love that he, that Cord got so much like satisfaction out of just like watching her just give him the stink eye the whole time. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. And the thing I really liked, which comes along, like, wait till the end. And this is part of, there are several things at the end that made me just, like, weep. But um, one of them was when she met his sister, who was also, um, like... Half Cheyenne. Half Cheyenne. So she was from the same mother and father as him. The other brothers are all from a different mother. Um, but she had kind of left him... There's a whole series of events that take place that make it so his family is not real um, accepting of him. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, they, they're they kind of hot and cold. They're, they're kind of funny. But um, she had kind of walked away and hadn't had anything to do with him. And then they come back into each other's lives. And she's like, how did you get the wells? You know, she's talking to... Um, Anne at this point she says I don't know how he rigged it so he got to marry you because right you know and Anne's like well what do you mean she's like he's been crazy about you for a long time so like since they were like 10 years old he's talked about her and talked about how great he thought she was and so his sister figured he must have like done some kind of shenanigans to get even though marriage so are we supposed to believe that he did like I don't know think yeah he didn't no, right he didn't. no he no. didn't yeah it just kind of worked out for him because he's really a good guy every everybody thinks he's awful but he's really yeah. a good guy I mean that's so like there's definite moments that I could tell like oh I bet mom I bet this is where mom was crying some um and like I thought I got like tender-hearted and heartwarmed and things like that but I didn't necessarily ever reach the point of crying um, so but definitely the stuff with her getting pregnant and all that, you know, yeah, that was, you know, because yeah. Um, because they were told that that wasn't going to happen for them but after he, all of his injuries. Yeah. After getting beat up so bad. Yeah. Um, so I also really liked this book. Let's just get that out. I also very much liked this book. Uh, for me, the best part of the book was them as characters I thought they were both like just so endearing I love that she's super feisty but still like believably so with within her circumstances and like how she was raised and things like that um and I I loved him like loved him um I I think I'm a sucker for like the quiet broody types, which we've talked about, like not broody, but I like the the grumpy guys, which we've talked about before. Um, and I think that there's something to be said, um, because everybody's always talking about like, well, his brothers are like, she can't be in love with him. He's like awful to her. (laughs) And 
I think that that's always probably going to appeal to you and I a bit because we're like on the outside from an outsider looking in our family is awful to each other um but we do it out of love <laughs> so i and like so i think that they have a lot of that going on too well i remember reading books about marriage and how to keep your marriage like when i first got married you know reading all these books trying to tell me how to be a good wife and stuff and, and they would talk about things like never use sarcasm and, and never speak unkindly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my husband and I would never say anything to each other. If I couldn't use sarcasm and, you know, if we couldn't tease each other the way we do, we'd never speak to I one another. I was just talking tonight about how mom has always said that, you know, the foundations for her parenting techniques are like sarcasm and ridicule. Like, I mean, we're not we're not always very nice to each other, but that's how we... That's how we jive. So I think I liked about them that they kind of gave each other a hard time sometimes, but it was all like out of love and, um, you know. Well, and when you get that way, you could tell she's just like rolling her eyes and she's just like, whatever. But I'll tell you, if you think he's grumpy, you need to read the Dancing on Coals book because the guy in Dancing on Coals makes mm. Cord look like a, <laughs> like a, he's gregarious and outgoing. <laughs> I could get on board with that, (laughs) but I just, I like, I like those moments where, you know, he's saying something kind of awful to her, but then he's, she says like, he's got this little grin on his face. And so she just kind of rolls her eyes and, and, and then also the fact that he loves about her that she's not scared of him. Right. Cause everybody else always is. And so the fact that she just like pushes him around and bosses him around and bosses around her brothers and his brothers and stuff like that, I think, um, yeah. I also really liked. Um, I thought the perspective of someone who's not only Native American in this time, but also like mixed race. So he's got kind of this conflicting, um, you know, and he's got his sister who just decided I look white enough. I'm gonna just go somewhere where nobody knows that I'm half Cheyenne and just and just pretend like I'm white and just pass for white um and so anyway I just like kind of an exploration of that but also not like super heavy-handed with it um that it was definitely a part of the story but it wasn't like super preachy or anything like that it was I thought it was the perfect balance of that and I thought it was an interesting perspective um for that time Um, and I'll tell you the parts that got me the most emotional were, um, the moments just where he, he was just like, this is so perfect and I know it's going to end. So I'm just going to like take these moments because he was just so convinced that, um, she wasn't going to stay with him and that he wasn't good enough. And I really, I picked out this quote because I, I liked, I thought that this embodied like when I would get the most emotional is um, at one point it says, as he finally stopped fighting sleep, he wondered if maybe just occasionally the gods designed a woman fit for a king or a prince and then gave her to an ordinary man. Maybe they did such a thing once in a while, knowing an ordinary man would treasure her more, love her better. Maybe they even let him keep her for a while. (laughs) And I was just like, oh. Oh, And he was so convinced that she was going to leave. And 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 finally, she just, because she kept, you know, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. But yeah. she's like, look, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. 
Well, I like the moment where she's like, do you want me to leave? Is that like what's going on? Like, are, are, do you keep talking about this because you're convinced you like you want me to leave? Is that what's going on? Or are you just your own thing thinking I'm leaving? Um, yeah. So I just like, you know, when she calls him out. And um, they also just had like a really sweet progression in their relationship, both like physically and emotionally. Like, you know, they kind of they don't kiss for a while. Kind of pretty woman type scenario. Um, like they have sex before they kiss. Right. Is that what we got from that? Or like. I, yeah. But then once he realized she was a virgin, he didn't have sex with her again for a long time. Yeah. Like for a long time. And they would just yeah. lay in bed and talk all the time. And I like that he was like, that fiance that you were with for four months, like, or four never years, tried right? anything with you? Yeah, yeah four years. He's like, he never tried anything with you? And she's like, well, no, he was a gentleman. He's like, oh, I think he was <laughs> he's like, He's like, honey, if we had been engaged for four years. <laughs> I like that part. Um, anyway, uh, so if we're getting into the parts that were a little problematic for me, um, the POV in this book was a little all over the place. Um, it was almost third person omniscient, but like not. And then it would change. Like it wasn't just between him and her. It was between like siblings and sheriffs. Well, and... it was mostly him and her. Yeah. But then every now and then out of the blue, it would be a different POV and, and it would kind of throw you off. So it well, was. And there wasn't a always a. To break it was just it would just shift like mid-sentence sometimes (laughs) and it was just like wait what okay um so so that sort of bugged me um and then this is this could just be a personal thing when I was in I'm an English major and when I was in like a creative writing class um I had this teacher that just like banged the drum of show do not tell And this book had a lot of telling and not showing. There was a lot of instances where things were recounted through, like, secondhand stories. Like, the sheriff would tell, you know, what happened to him. Or, um, you know, she would recount the story that happened to them when they were a kid. And, like, some of that is okay. Like, I'm willing to forgive, like, instances of that. But there was a lot of that in this book. And um, sometimes I wish well, that they would just, like, flash back rather than always be telling things through stories. Well, and part of the problem with this book is there was so much history, you know, to go back to. I mean, he yeah. had a whole time of his life that was missing that he needed to. And that's a lot of what they're laying in bed and explaining things to each other were. Yeah. And... um so he had a whole lot of backstory. He had to tell her and she had a lot of backstory that she needed to tell him. And then, you know, there's the brothers and their backstories. And I mean, there was a lot of stuff that had to be told. Yeah. And, and her dad and his issues. And I mean, that's a whole nother story altogether. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, it turned out to be pretty. Uh, so there's a lot of telling of instances yeah for both of them right i mean like and for their family histories and things like that there's just a lot of storytelling i did love though one of my favorite parts is when her her brothers storm in and i mean i'm sorry his brothers storm in Mm -hmm. to the house 
they assume that he's taken her captive or he was holding her against yeah. her will or that he, you know, was misusing her in some way. And they storm in and he's all beat up and can't even get mm-hmm. out of bed. And he just tells, and she pulls a gun on him and says, get out of here. And they're like, wait, 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 wait. And she chases them off the property with a gun. And after that, through the whole book, everyone's like, really? You pulled a gun on Frank? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, everybody's so You impressed. chased Frank away with a gun? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, and I mean, some of that could be less abhorrent to somebody who hasn't been as, I don't know, just beaten to death with certain writing tips. Um, but for me, those were, were, uh, because that didn't bother me as much. In fact, I didn't even notice it really until you started talking about it. So it didn't bother me as much as it did you. Yeah. The, um, I do need to say, I don't know, maybe I need to wait for your questions. Yeah. I think I know what you're going to say and let's leave it for a second and then we'll get to it. I think. Okay. Um, but first of all, do you want to mention the fact that you had dad read this book? I did. That's what I was just going to say. So maybe that's something different. Oh, go ahead. Um, I did. Uh, your dad, my husband is a, he owns horses. So when I read this book, I thought, oh, this is one that he would probably really like because it's got horses in it. And <laughs> I thought that he would really just... like the horse stuff. <laughs> um, so I had him read it and he did read it. He wrote, read it in a, just in a couple of days. So he read it pretty diligently. So good for him. Um, and he loved the horses stuff. But he made... Which is the part where my eyes like glaze over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the horse stuff. And I'm not even a big horse person. But um, yeah. uh, he did make fun of the way it describes sex. Which is, you know, you and I are totally used to it because we read so many romance novels that it doesn't even affect us anymore. Yeah. But he had a heyday with it. And he's been teasing me ever since. <laughs> And anytime I bring something up, he'll bring up some, I don't know, some inappropriate <laughs> phrase from the book. Well, I mean, okay, so we were just talking about this with Dad before we started recording. And there are some, um, I don't know, maybe there there are weird descriptions of penises in every book that we read. <laughs> um, but there are some in this one where it's, you know... Reginald's quivering member kind of type, which is a reference to 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's definite some uh, descriptors of male members that are a little funny. Well, he thought it was hilarious, and so now he won't shut up about it, but... (laughs) Oh well. <laughs> I was interested though to get his perspective and this was I find it's like I finally read a book that I think he might help him understand, you know, why I like reading these books so much. Did he like he it outside it of that? He did. He liked the horse stuff and he liked the story. But he just thought that all of that was hilarious and he's been <laughs> making fun of me ever since. Curse oh, well. him. Who needs him? Yes, sir. Well <laughs> I kinda <laughs> do. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get to these questions. Uh, okay. I had a hard time coming up with questions for this one. I feel like it's just getting harder as we go along. But um, anyway, so how does a Western romance compare to other historicals you have read? Like, what makes this setting, you know, change it up a bit? Things seem 
dustier and dirtier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's true. Uh, And it seemed like a lot of work when she would talk about She's like, oh, I could never have been a Date, wife back Morning then. chores, afternoon yeah. chores, evening chores. It just seemed awful. <laughs> I mean, bless her heart, and that's great. And I'm sure, you know, your dad would love it if I was more like that. But I'm not. <laughs> I hate to get dirty. And I like the whole horse thing, that's him. Because I don't like to get dirty, and I really don't like to do all those chores. <laughs> so, you know, good for her. And she's perfect for cord. I would be horrible for cord. <laughs> I do think I, and this has been kind of the case with other, um, especially historical romance westerns that I've read. Um, is it's definitely like um, a slower burn. It kind of seems, and I think it's just because they were so practical that, and I and. And they're like this in other historicals as well, but it's like different circumstances of practicality in marriage. So a lot of historical Westerns, it's like, we're getting married for very practical reasons. You know, it's like, I need someone to help me run the farm. Like, let's right. get married <laughs> and things like that. And um, and so then they have this kind of, at least this has just been the case with most of the other ones that I've read. They have this very kind of slow burn progression into realizing that they want more out of this marriage than just you know hey one thing i was a little confused on and maybe you understood it better than me what was the purpose in marrying cord and Anne? like in the beginning well he was saying that um he wanted to do it like as a punishment like the dad was saying it was like oh, it'll punish her because he's going to be dead in a few minutes well, anyway. Well, I knew he was going to be dead, and then I thought, and I was kind of thinking, well, maybe he thought, though, if they married him and then killed him, that she would inherit or that the farm would become hers. No, but then they never really went on that direction. I don't think it was anything like that. I think it was just like, this will show her, like, I am going to... Like, I've got control of her life kind of yeah. thing, maybe. Yeah. I think that's, like, basically what I got out of it. Um, anything else? I mean, like, I do think also just, like, because their pace of life is so much simpler than, you know, especially, like, the Regency historicals and stuff that we read a lot, um, that that also kind of adds, like, a more deliberate pace to a lot of Well, and and the more, um, like, the British historical romances where it's all nobility and stuff that we're reading about, they just have a lot of time on their hands where these people just did not have time on their hands. They were just working constantly, it seemed like. And if they did get a break and a chance to get away for an afternoon, it was like a huge deal. Yeah. I Um, like that part when they, like, finish that big, they're storing all the hay and stuff, and then they kind of were like, let's just go away and just picnic and stuff. And I thought that was cute. And have sex in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Um, But, yeah, any other things in westerns versus other historicals um no but i enjoyed it just because you know like we said i watch a lot of westerns i'm familiar with a lot of westerns okay so that leads me into my other question how does this compare to other westerns in your experience there's more sex in this one (laughs) that's true john wayne wasn't having a lot of sex (laughs) well he probably was he probably was in those movies (laughs) Uh, yeah, I bet John Wayne got around. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I guess this is just mainly more romantic than what you're usually dealing with. Yes, yes. Well, apparently Clint Eastwood didn't like, you know, there wasn't a lot of that kind of stuff going on in the spaghetti westerns that I've watched multiple times. But um, Oh, was that really like a requirement for him? He didn't like the romance stuff? No, he he probably did. Oh. I don't know. But you oh, don't okay. see a lot of, well, some of it is, I don't know. I thought you knew uh, something I didn't. No. <laughs> have, you, have I ever known something you That's don't know? That's true. Especially about movies. <laughs> um, no, it was probably a sweeter story than most other Westerns. Westerns try, especially the movies that I've seen, they try to be gritty and, and um, you know, show the harshness of the West. And I think this was just a sweeter story about. I mean, and, and comparatively to other romance novels i think that this does show like the harshness of the west right i mean right. like they get pretty bloodied up and stuff in oh. a lot of this book but yeah i could see it being a little a little sweeter than your other romance especially like modern day westerns right like magnif like the newest magnificent seven yeah. which if you haven't seen that movie ladies like that is such a freaking babe fest like people i've never been attracted to before i was like Hey, Ethan Hawke, like, you can get it. He's never really done anything for me, but he was doing it for me in this movie. Denzel, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt alone. Like, come on. Always. (laughs) Always. Like, if nothing else, just see it because, like, guys in that aesthetic are, it's nice. It's very nice. It's worth it. Yeah. Um, No, but, like, your Unforgivens and your, you know, it's always. Yeah. They're always really harsh, and and this is kind of just a sweeter story. Yeah. Okay, so which family do you think was more of an impediment to their relationship? Oh, definitely her family. But not her family. Her her dad. dad. (laughs) Just her dad. And her brother at points, but Well, I think her brother would have been fine, but he was so influenced by her dad. Yeah. He would have come around, like he might have had a problem with it at first, well, but I think he, he did would have come eventually around. come around. But yeah, but I think he would have come around a lot sooner if he hadn't yeah. had such an influence well, on her father. You know, in one of those shifting POV moments, there's a lot of times where we are in his POV when he's talking to the dad and things like that, and right. um, and he you can see him kind of softening on cord and realizing that his dad is maybe not the best guy in the world and things like that. Um, so yeah, you could see that. It was turning. fun to see how he got so many of the townspeople to kind of shift over to be, um, like on his side or. Yeah. So with the horse race and, and. Well, his raising of the horses. And I loved how much she was, you know, a part of that. Like. Right. Just her, you know, sunny disposition and selling the horses and things like that. Just kind well, of. Well, and the first thing she did is name all the animals. And yeah. because they didn't have any names. Yeah. <laughs> so even before he was even conscious, she had all the animals named. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just cute. Yeah, they were cute. I did like them a lot. Um. Yeah, I. So she was always going on about how awful his family was. And. In a lot of instances, I was like, oh, his family is not that bad. But then also his brothers pissed me off to no end a lot of times. <laughs> I was like, what is their freaking deal? Like, they are so quick to 
believe anybody else's, like... I know, over him. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? Because it was frustrating mainly because they were so quick to also defend him for no reason. But then anytime it was, you know, they heard other accounts of what had happened, they wouldn't just go to him and be like, hey, so, bro, like, what went down? Just, like, let's be straight right. here with each other. So and they so, never even knew anything about, like, when he was gone or how any of that went down or, you know, when he beat the guy up because he was trying to attack his sister. Um, which that one should have been obvious. Like, they knew that yeah. that's what happened. So I don't know why they were, like, he's a monster because he beat up this guy who was trying to rape our sister, who we also would have beat up if we had seen that happening. It's like, I don't know. They just pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were very quick to accuse him without, like, doing any, yeah, any, like you said, without any. asking him, <laughs> yeah, you know, what's what's going on. I did like their wives. Their wives were cute, especially yeah. Martha. I liked her. Well, and I think we're supposed to because she really becomes the, you know, the thing that ties them all together. Um, Do you know if they have books? Like, like, if if those two couples have books of their own. I don't think there's any other books in about this, this. Yeah, about this, I'd... any of this. Okay. Um, they sort but... of read like they had their own books. Do you know what I mean? And maybe that's just because I've read too many romance series. Because they didn't give us a lot of background on the women at all. Yeah. But um, the his brothers are quite a bit older than him. Yeah, I got that. Because their kids are... Their kids' like age. his age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the other, I, well, I was telling you, I also thought that was weird because their sons both were just like, I want to beat him up. They were just so mad at court all the time. It's like, why are they so, why do they want to beat him up so bad? Why so do they hate him so I much? I thought they were mad at him too, but I think that it was just that they're 20 year old guys who know that this family member of theirs is like always down to fight and they're like, I can take him. Come at me, bro. And I think I kind of got the feeling that that was just, you know, and they're cowboys in a Western who are just like always picking for a fight, you know? And well, I do love the part, though, where um, Luke and Pete, Luke and Pete, right? Yeah. Where they say, uh, you know, we got to find a wife with as much spunk as Anne has. That comes up again in the book about Luke. It's oh, It's okay. cute. I like that. I liked the part where they said that Luke and Pete would come over for dinner and just like name all the girls in town and get her opinion on all the all the girls in town to see what she thought about about them. That, that was, was funny. Cute. That was cute. Okay, and then this is my last question. Um, the book starts very strong, right? It's it starts with a bang, literally, um, right. and ends on a bit of a weak note. I would it, agree. So would you rather have had just an epilogue, like, that kind of covered a lot of the information that we got after? Because this book, it has a climax at about 75% through the book, and that's the climax. And that's right. kind of the end. And then the rest of the book is basically a very long epilogue. So would you rather it's have like just... like four chapters long. Yeah. So would you rather have just had... An epilogue that kind of covered that information, or did you like having kind of all those details that we get after she's rescued from her father? Um, 
I thought it took away from the climax of the story to have it yes. linger on the way it did. Yes. Um, but I know there's had... a lot that happened in there that you liked. Right. If they had had one more chapter and then an epilogue or, you know, that probably would have been better. But it, it really does go on for like four more chapters after that. And um, To the point takes... where I was like, okay, is the dad going to come back? Like, because we still, I still have a lot of book left. So like, is the dad going to come back and, um, you know, try and screw them up again? Like, is this not the end of the story? I mean, it feels like it is, but is there more conflict that's going to happen? Um, it was, it was, it was strange a little bit. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. But there is stuff in there that, that I liked. Yeah. But I think it could have been presented differently. More compactly. Well, and then I was surprised that we have so much of this epilogue and then they don't like show her half the baby, (laughs) which was, I don't know. And that's just. Just got to read the other books. The, um. Really, the information about her dad, that could have been in the last chapter, and that could have been the end, and then the epilogue could have been meeting the sister. I figured something like that was going to happen, where, because the dad ends up killing himself, I was like, the mom is either going to kill this husband in, like, an act of self-defense, or the brother is, or they're going to say it was an act of (laughs) self-defense. Like, something has to happen to this dad to not... Because they were going to have to leave, right, they were going to have to leave because they couldn't trust that her dad would leave them alone. Yeah. He was, and he was obviously, like, getting all the screw loose or something. Right. Something was going was, on with him. He was losing it. Yeah. Um. So those are the questions that I have. Do you have any other thoughts on this book that you wanted to? Um, not that I can think of. I really liked it. Um, I liked the books also that came after it. The one about Rachel is very short. I mean, literally. Like uh, a chapter? <laughs> Or maybe two. I mean, it was not like, it was maybe 50 pages long. It wasn't long at all. I mean, Mm -hmm. if that long. Um, The one about Luke is only about 150 pages. And it's a cute story. Okay. Um, I'll have to check it out. But then I read The Dancing on Coles, and now I'm I'm just starting the Sing My Name, I think it's called. So, um... So you're just, you're just going through the catalog. Well... I don't know what else to read. <laughs> That's fair. It's fine. I'm out, of, I'm out of books. Mom, you're reading so many books on your own. I'm so proud of you. Until you tell me differently. <laughs> okay. So those are our thoughts on Eyes of Silver, Eyes of Gold. I would say we both are giving it a thumbs up with a couple caveats from me, but overall general thumbs up. Um, so we would love to hear from you on our Facebook page, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMomsRom, or you can email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On February 19th, in two weeks, we'll be discussing The Hookup by Kristen Ashley. It is the first book in a new series, so read it knowing that the second book isn't out yet, Mom. Yeah, looking at I wish you. you wouldn't do that to me. I know, I'm sorry. Um, it's got it's like a newish book. It came out in December and it's got pretty good reviews. I've never read a Kristen Ashley book before, so I don't know what the steaminess level is going to be. This could get awkward. We'll have to see. Um, for now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about some of our pet peeves in romance. So stay with us. 
Welcome to our little uh, break segment. I still feel like I need to come up with like some sort of jingle for this or something. Um, but all I want to do is sing certain candy bar uh, <laughs> jingles about taking breaks. Do you follow me? Yes. Okay. Um, so for this episode, I'm surprising mom with a little game that we're going to play. Yeah. Um, I usually play this with my cousin. But we're going to play Mary Boff Kill <laughs> with romance heroes. Okay. Mary Boff Kill, you may know it. Uh, a lot of people call it different things. Mary Date Kill, but I like to go to the extreme. Or Mary Date Dump. No, that's for the weaklings. We go Mary Boff Kill. <laughs> um, Someone's dead at the end of this game. <laughs> I live life to the extreme. Um, so I've split it up into three categories. We're going to do first historicals and these are all guys from books that we've read um in the podcast and am i gonna remember them i was gonna say you're probably not gonna remember them (laughs) um okay so for our historical category we have the duke of ashbury from the duchess deal by tessa dare following me yep edward rokesby from girl with the make-believe husband by julia quinn Hmm. okay and okay. Sebastian Ballister from Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. I'll go first. Okay. I would marry Edward Rokesby from Girl with the Make-Believe Husband. He's, you know, military man. He's attractive. He's been to the America, so, you know, we could maybe split up our time between England and America. It would work very well. Um, I would... Boff Sebastian Ballister just because he seems like, you know, he would be a good time. And I hate to say it, but I would kill Duke of Ashbury, and I loved him. So I'm really surprised at that choice, but that's where I would go. Mom, your answer. Okay. Just so I remember the books. (laughs) (laughs) Who who I'm... I remember the other two. Sebastian, is he the one that, um, like, she shot him? Was it that book? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh, shoot. I don't remember that. Where she came in and shot him, but she did it on purpose to... Okay. I think I think that's the one it is. Okay. I might be wrong. Okay. So this is what I would do. I would also marry Edward. Yeah. For similar reasons. Except for he was here fighting a war against, against. the Americans. <laughs> he might not... Be too crazy about coming back. Um, I would. Uh, you know what? I take it back. I would marry the Duke of Jacked Up Face, whatever his name is. <laughs> that's you know how he likes to be known. <laughs> I think that's what they call. He was him in the book. he was really good. That one it was hard for me. Um, just because he was funny and yeah, really I any Tessa Dare hero is, you know, not going to be a bad pick. So I would marry him just cause I think we would have a good time. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, have my way with Edward. <laughs> okay. Poor, then... poor man won't know what hit him. <laughs> oh God. And then I would kill Sebastian. <laughs> okay. Um, for our contemporary selections, we have Aiden Graves from Wall of Winnipeg, Lincoln O'Neill from Attachments, and Keen Winters from Trouble with Mistletoe. 
I will go first. I would marry Lincoln O'Neill from Attachments, just because him and I are very similar in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, I would like being married to him. Um, I would climb freaking Aiden Graves like a tree. Uh <laughs> And boff him. And then, unfortunately, I will kill Keen Winters from Trouble with Mistletoe. See, the hard thing about me doing this, you understand <laughs> is why you this treat is a Lincoln O'Neill like a son. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm twice the age of these young men, and I can't bring myself to think of them like this so much, which is weird that I read these books as, you know, ardently as I do. Yeah. But, um, I would probably just assume that all of them are age appropriate, mom. Okay. Or let's pretend that I'm 25 for Sure. That's more fun for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am at heart, right? Except sure. when I'm sick. Um, okay. So who do we have again? Aiden Graves. Lincoln Keen O'Neill. Keen Winters. Oh, I, I love Link. Um I would probably marry... I'd probably do the same as you. Poor Mary, Mary Lincoln, Boff, Aiden, Kill Keen. Yes. I mean, it's really the right answer. Like, you can't go wrong. Yeah. Poor okay. Keen. Poor Keen. I'm sorry, Keen. You're a nice guy. And you have sex on the roof, which sounds like fun. It does, um, but you must die. <laughs> but you must die. Uh, you must and our die. final carrot category, which I think is going to be a little more difficult. For both of us, because honestly, I haven't even picked my answers yet. Our final category is the Winstons. Oh, got... geez. <laughs> You've... And I'm going to go with books that we've had so far. I went with Cletus, Jethro, and Dwayne. Oh. Mary, Buff, Kill. <laughs> okay, I got it. Okay, go. I'm going to marry Cletus. Okay. I'm going to Buff, Jethro, and I'm going to okay. kill Dwayne. See, okay, I oh, I can't tell if I want to marry Dwayne or Cletus. <sighs> okay, I think I would mm, I think I would marry Cletus, Boff, Dwayne and then kill Jethro. Jethro means a lot more to you because you like his voice on the audiobook. Oh my gosh, do I ever. <laughs> I'm just going to have it's not even his voice, but I'm just going to have Jethro sit and talk to me nonstop. But it's so ingrained in your head that way. It is. That that's I think Jethro. I knew you were going to like go with Jethro in some way. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell if I wanted to marry Cletus and Boff Dwayne or marry Dwayne Boff Jethro and maybe kill Cletus, but that like kills me inside. So I think I'm going to marry Cletus, Boff Dwayne, kill Jethro. See, and this is the way my brain works. I want to marry Cletus because I want to have him work on my IRA and my retirement package. <laughs> that's actually, that's not a bad way to go. But <laughs> so, they're all pretty wealthy, so I mean, it's like... Well, they are, but Cletus made their money for him. He's yeah, the one that invested true. all their money for him. It's true. So okay, it's not that they have money. That's a I good want to way be to, able to make money. That's a good way to go with it. I'll, I'll do the same. It's, I, I like that. So, but you were Mary Cletus, Boff, Jethro, killed Dwayne, Jethro. right? Okay. And I'm just going to have Jethro talk dirty to me till I explode. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. Uh, anyway, 
right. So that was our little game of Mary Bob Kill. <laughs> Maybe we'll do this again when we have enough contestants for uh, for the next round. But and once Ellen gets over what I just said, <laughs> once I recover from <laughs> uh, from that. Anyway, um, so we'll see you next time for our little break. And we're back to talk about our pet peeves in the romance genre. Um, We give it a lot of love around here, but we can't deny that there are some things that can get on our nerves. So let's discuss. Um, I came up with a few. I don't have that many. And a lot of them, honestly, we've talked about before. Um, I, I mean, like, specific to the genre, like the big one for me is um staying apart for like really stupid reasons and or like reasons that seem really stupid to me and that could just be like me personally but um I don't know when there's just not enough obvious conflict to be keeping two people apart that obviously have the hots for each other like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me my pet peeve and this really doesn't have anything to do with the actual storylines of the books. But I hate when there's, and we've talked about this before too, but when you start a series and you can tell that it's attached to another series, but you didn't know that it was attached to another series because I would have yeah. liked to have read that series first. Yeah, that's a bad one too. So, and there's no way to look that stuff up or, or without really researching it. Well, there, yeah, there are sites that are better about like outlining series than others um i can't remember there's i know that there's one that's supposedly supposed to be really good about that um and if somebody knows what it is you should tweet me and tell me what it is yes um but yeah that's that's a big one for me too and then the other one that is probably not i know it's not ellen specific but uh, one that kind of grates on me a little bit more and takes me out is just like spelling errors or <laughs> weird like grammar errors and things like that. And I'm like, why did a copy editor not catch this? This is like so glaringly obvious. And sometimes I just feel like, you know, sending my resume to Avon or something and being like, you guys need me. <laughs> you do. I, I made her into a grammar Nazi. The, um, it's all those Schoolhouse Rock videos you watched as a yeah, kid. Yeah, that's true. But um, I'm the same way. A lot of times I think, though, like we talked before, I think some of them are Kindle, you know, come up on Kindles. Some of them, but some of them are very obviously not, like, it, there's no possible way it could just be, like, an ebook conversion thing. And, I mean, especially if it's a newer book, those are basically written for ebook. Like, right. so, it, ugh. Or when I there's mean, just word usage that's out of place, and, and it's not, I mean, it's obviously something that, um, you know, it's a mistake. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, this is not the way this should have been written. Yeah. Those, those drive me nuts. Like, I'm willing to forgive one that it's like, okay, that looks like it was a, a Kindle formatting thing, but... Ones where it's just like, why is this proper name not capitalized? Or like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's just weird stuff like that. Um, and then just I would, something. I would agree. 
I don't know if it's a pet peeve, but it is sort of a pet peeve. I've noticed sometimes, and we've talked about this before too, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast or not, but that some authors just have a very obvious structure that they stick to for all of their books. Um, noticeably, Sarah McLean does this a bit, where you could... Like, we talk about, we have our 60% joke, where that's 60% is always where Sarah McLean books have sex. And a lot of other books have sex around 60%, too. But there's some... Maybe maybe we could just cut to those parts and then leave out all the other stuff. (laughs) There we go. Um, But some authors have a very distinct structure that they stick to, and, like, you could set your clock by it, right? Um, so sometimes when I'm reading an author like that, I kind of need to like read another book in between or pause on a series, um, just because then it becomes so much more noticeable and I fixate on that too much and, um, uh, kind of need to take a break, uh, from an author like that sometimes, especially if I'm reading like a series, um, and I'm kind of zooming through a series and then that starts to become really obvious to me so I need to take a break from that I'm trying to think if I've got anything else um I would rather just start a series that's done because I hate waiting for other books to come out I don't have the memory that I need to wait a year and then read another book and remember all the characters that are in well, play. Well, so you need to forget them enough like I do where you can just reread it when the next book comes out and then it's like, oh, that was fun. I got to reread a whole series that I know I like enough I to want to read, read the next as fast book. as you. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you read you read fast enough, mom. Well, I'm I'm tenacious is what I am. Yes, that's that's very true. <laughs> um I think that does it for some of the pet peeves that we wanted to talk about. Thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for The Hookup by Kristen Ashley in two weeks on February 19th, you you can subscribe on iTunes or Google Play, or you can find us on Twitter at NotYourMomsRom, or on Facebook or Goodreads, or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Ellen. Feel better. I hope so. Bye. Bye.